And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Howdy, everybody. Arthur Staple here. Welcome back to the Garden Faithful, your Rangers podcast from The Athletic. I'm coming to you from a hotel room in slightly snowy St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, Rangers went to 2-0 last night. They're in Winnipeg. I'll be headed home soon and back holding down the fort in New York, also in a hotel room, waiting for his turn to talk about the Rangers uh, in the studio on MSG Network tonight. Uh, Steve Valiquette joining us again. What's up, Steve? I am happy to be here, buddy. Uh, off to a great start and uh, looking forward to talking Rangers right now. It's been a, an exciting, easy to talk about start for the Rangers. For sure. I think the fans are, are are super pleased and I'm sure that Gerard Gallant and Chris Jury are super pleased. And we saw kind of these first two games. Uh, we'll start with last night's game here in Minnesota, which was a 7-3 final. Um, I think we saw a little bit of the first half of 21-22 Rangers come up a little bit and then it kind of eased back into uh, a dominant team. And and that part that cropped up was obviously the first 10 to 12 minutes or so when uh, the Wild were making a lot of plays and creating a lot of chances. And Igor Shesterkin said, I don't think so to every single one of them. And that seemed to kind of deflate the home team. And the Rangers then capitalized pretty much on all of their high danger chances in the first period. And it was 3 nothing when even Gerard Gallant said, probably could have been 3-3. But that's what Igor does. And um, we've certainly talked plenty about Igor and breaking him down from a statistical standpoint and chance standpoint. When you see him saving the team's bacon early like that, it must, A, feel very familiar, and B, it's got to be 
you know, no matter when it happens, it's got to be comforting to these guys to know that you can get out of the blocks a little bit slow and it's not going to hurt you. You know, Arthur, it's, it brings me back a little bit to trying to remind myself of what it feels like to be in a game where you feel like you're getting outplayed, but you know that you've got a good team. And if you can get the guys through several tough minutes, uh, they'll find themselves and we'll get through it. And the Minnesota Wild, this is uh, a not, not a slouch team. They're a playoff team. They only lost eight games in regulation at home all of last season. They're a great team at home. They've got a great crowd. It's the state of hockey. And you look at Igor and you understand now that his mental makeup is he's a money goalie. When the score is tied, when the team is up by a goal or down by a goal, Igor's save percentage is in a different stratosphere compared to everybody else in the NHL. And had you swapped goalies last night, the outcome would have been favorable for Minnesota. That's mm. just the way our sport is. You know, it's funny. Um, you, you watch basketball and there's a hoop that isn't really guarded by a goaltender the way that the net is guarded by a goaltender. And you can have a great game plan. You can do everything you want in the neutral zone and attack in the offensive zone and play well defensively and all these things. But if you don't have a goalkeeper, you lose. And Elaine Vigneault said it many years ago. If my goalie is better than your goalie, I win. If your goalie is better than my goalie, you win. And that was one of those games last night. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at the scoring chances, of course, and both teams had nine high danger chances. Yeah, the difference lot. is, yeah, it's a lot. No, it was. And furthermore, the Minnesota Wild, they're a modern NHL team, just like Colorado. St. Louis is playing right now at West and, and the Rangers are a modern NHL team. And when you get these two teams going head to head, there's a lot of bravado in the game. And you think you can do it better than me? Well, I'll go across the slot line twice. Oh, you want to try that? Well, we'll do it. And, and I felt like there was a lot of give and take in this game. At moments, Henrik and I are looking at each other like, what is this, an all-star game? You know, the guy, <laughs> it, was, it was wide open. And the only difference is, is the goaltending. It, that's a goaltending win for Igor Shosturkin, where the Rangers score six times on their nine high-danger chances. Minnesota is only able to score one. You know, you look at the East-West save in the first period on Hartman or uh, the Boldy breakaway in the second period or the five-on-three in the second period or Erickson X East-West play in the second period. These were all game-shifting, momentum-killing moments in favor of the Rangers. Um, I didn't think Minnesota's five-on-three was any good. And, yeah. you know, they were very stationary and stagnant. And I, and I wonder all the time when I'm watching NHL games, how do guys, how do teams, how do coaches – not have a five-on-three setup that has multiple switches and confusion and a lot of east-west. There's so many lanes that are open, and they just – I thought they sat back and settled for five-on-four power play yeah. shots. So part of that was Minnesota's undoing. But um, I think that when you look at the game as a whole and you're trying to measure the difficulty of the night, both goalies had a, had a very difficult night to manage, but Shesterkin was just that much better – um, I think it's I think it's important to go over how frequently the chances do go in just for the listeners. Uh, one out of every three high danger chances in the NHL goes in. Uh, that's on average over the course of the year. Mm-hmm. One of every six and a half mid danger chances end up in the back of the net. But it's one every 38 low danger chances that score a goal. So I like to look at the winning recipe in the NHL. 
And statistically, what we found is that the highest probability of winning is a recipe of seven or more high danger chances while taking 12 or fewer low danger chances. So you're not warming the goalies up. But if you look at the recipe from Minnesota's perspective, they did have it. They had that type of a night. Um, they just weren't able to get by Shesterkin. And that just speaks to how good he is as a goalie. Um, and I want to talk just quickly about game conditions. And, and game conditions are really the difference in feeling a goalie has when you're up by a goal. And um, sometimes some goalies play better when you're up. And some goalies in the NHL, actually, and this isn't a good thing, they play better when they're down. Mm-hmm. So how would you, as an evaluator, as a scout, rate a goal scorer that scores when his team is up 6-1 and he scores the seventh goal? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, we call it garbage time, right? Right. Now, I said that Shesterkin is a money goalie because of his up by a goal, down by a goal, score tied save percentage. Uh, you look on the other side of the spectrum and go to Seattle with Grubauer, and his save percentage was a minus 20 when his team is up or tied, but he's three be- uh, goals better than average when the team is down by three or more goals. He's he's actually the best goalie in the league last year when his team is down by three goals. So you're able to see, I think, and you get the idea here of mm-hmm. you're trying to measure who is good when. Who's good when? And the really good news for the Rangers is Shesterkin is good when it matters. And and we saw that last night. Yeah. And, you know, the the, the big bet that Minnesota made on Flurry uh, this offseason trading Cam Talbot, who's now hurt in Ottawa, but uh, but that was a guy that they'd committed to the year before. You know, the, this it, we know that good teams can be undone by bad goaltending, or maybe even by a commitment to to the wrong goalie. And Mark Andre Flurry has very rarely been the wrong choice in his very long and illustrious career in the NHL. However, the commitment that the, a, a team like Minnesota has made to him, you know, versus Tampa's got Vasilevsky. The Rangers have Shesterkin. The Islanders have Ilya Sorokin, even if it's not quite panned out as well. Nashville has UC Saros. The When you see a team that's a very good team that may be a little bit suspect in net, what, what kind of mental difference does that make to the people on that team? You know, I've put a lot of thought into this over the summer, Arthur, and there's just not a lot of really good goalies out there right now. You know, we're spoiled right now in the East. And uh, Sorokin, Shesterkin, Vasilevsky are, are the top three guys, right? Uh, Saros, of course, in the West, yes. But I think that let's take a step back and, and look at the big picture. And here's here's what I see. Uh, the NHL, we, we talked about this a little bit last night on our show covering the game on MSG. Five years ago, the NHL changed. It went East-West, like mm-hmm. overnight. And it really eliminated a lot of really good goalies at once. Um, Safe percentages began to drop. Um, there were 1,134 more east-west passes five years ago than six years ago. That's, that's exactly the moment that it changed. Mm-hmm. Now, last year, we saw the most goals scored in the NHL since the 95-96 season. Okay, The average amount of goalies used over the past 10 years on average during any NHL season is 92. Last year, 119 goalies played in the NHL. Wow. Okay? And think about this. These are big names that used to be 55 to 60 game eaters. Tuka Rask, Braden Holtby, Ben Bishop, Carey Price, Henrik Lundqvist. 
Corey Crawford, Jimmy Howard, Devin Dubnik, Anton Kadobin, Roberto Luongo, Pecorine have all retired in the last two, three years. We have so many goalies that we're using right now that are ill-prepared for the NHL. In my view, and this is not just revisionist history, but all of those guys that I just named, they had played 200 or more games either in Europe preparing for the National Hockey League or in the American Hockey League. And that's why they had great careers. Um, Ryan Miller, you could also add to that list. You know, and another guy that benefited, and a lot of these goalies that I'm talking about, they all benefited from that 0405 lockout. Mm-hmm. They got extra time in the minors and they and they make they make their mistakes in the minors, they learn, they get up to the NHL and they're ready for it. I think we're just gonna see for the next little while, some guys are gonna stay in the league a little bit longer, you know, like a Craig Anderson or Mike Smith last year. And some guys are coming in too soon. Mm-hmm. But there's there's a massive black hole in the NHL and net right now that not enough people I think are talking about, but that's why goals are going in at a rate that we haven't seen. Um two nights ago. Six games were in the NHL. Four, five goals were scored to win the game. Mm-hmm. And the other two were four-goal games. It's like the NHL has changed from a 3-2 league to a 4-3 league overnight. Yeah, it's it's wild. And obviously, that means that if you have an Igor Shesterkin, you have a leg up. Big time. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover... Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The Rangers also have some young guys who have stood out, um, we had Vitaly Kravtsov, didn't last very long in the in the first game. He's out for a bit. That means an opportunity for someone else, and that opportunity on the second line is going to Alexi Lafreniere. And uh, I thought he looked really good when he got moved up uh, in the opener after Kravtsov went out. And then it looked like he took another step in terms of his playmaking and his connection with Artemi Panarin and Vincent Trocek uh, in last night's game. What have you seen from Lafreniere? And and I think I think some people and you know. By the numbers, you can certainly flesh this out. I think a lot of people underappreciated what he did last season with 19 goals and zero power play time. This is a kid who, you know, he's not getting Jack Hughes type power play minutes. If he had, you know, if he was on that power play with the guys that the Rangers have on that top unit, he's probably a 60 point guy last year, a 25, 30 goal guy. I'm with you. I'm with you. So now he's still got no power play time, but at least he's getting these top six minutes. And 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 the two of those primary assists he had in the first period, which, as we just discussed, was a crucial time because Igor was standing on his head for most of it, uh, especially the one to Panarin in the closing seconds, the first that made it 3 nothing, that really took the air out of the building. This seems like uh, a young player who's ready to kind of ascend to the, the status that he was assigned when he was the first overall pick. He's personally prepared. For the opportunity. And, I, and that's all a young player has to do. And when I'm talking to young goalies that I coach, and when I have younger guys on the ice shooting on those goalies in the summer, sometimes we'll have that, you know, that group talk. And it's, guys, you need to dominate at the level that you're playing at, and then you get to move up one more rung on the hockey ladder. And sometimes, sometimes you need help to get that opportunity. 
Right, Arthur. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's maybe sometimes your agent moving you to a different organization, to a different situation where you can get more playing time. Sometimes uh, you just make them keep you or make them play you. And that, to me, is more in line with the Lafreniere conversation. I had a really neat phone conversation with Rich Winter, uh, NHL agent, longtime NHL agent yesterday. And he was telling me about Dominic Hasek. And he told me this story about how Hasek is moved from Chicago to Buffalo but John Muckler is the coach at the time, and John had been in Edmonton, and he loves Grant Fear, and Grant was given more of an opportunity than Hashik, and he really blocked the opportunity for Dom to play. And Grant Fear gets injured, and then Dominic goes out, and he has four shutouts in his first six games, right? So success, to me, is, is the satisfaction you get when you've done what you're capable of, but sometimes you need the opportunity just to be able to do that. And what I saw last night from Lafreniere was he was given an opportunity, he's personally prepared for it, and now he's making good on it. You know, and it's 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 funny because we talk about the draft and how this lays the foundation for an organization right now, and you're drafted based on that potential, but players need to be in a position to succeed to gain confidence, or else you'll never know what they are. You'll never know. Um, the NHL is riddled with many stories of top 10 picks that never played in the NHL. And I think when you get that confidence, you get to know what the player is and you get to, you get a sense as a coach that I'm confident I can play this guy against anybody in the top six. and He's not going to hurt us in our own zone. I can play him on the right side. It's not going to hurt us on board battles in our zone when he's on the opposite side. Offensively, it's not going to hurt him because I know that he had 10 of his 19 goals from the right side of the ice anyway. And I really looked into this hard last week because of Tim Stutzla's contract as a third overall pick in Lafreniere's draft. Um, I thought it was really interesting that he had an eight year deal for eight plus million mm-hmm. and Stutzla. Okay. I'm going to do a quick side by side with Lafreniere where Stutzla had 60 high danger chances last year because of the opportunity that he gets in Ottawa. He gets more time. He gets power play time. He gets time in the top six with the best players. And he gets more opportunity. And he has 60 high danger chances. He scored 15 times on mm-hmm. those high da- danger chances. Whereas Lafreniere, not as much opportunity, not as much time playing for a really good team in New York. Everybody gets it. 31 high danger chances. He scores 14 goals. Wow. Okay. He's had half the opportunity half the chances to score. And then I looked a little deeper and his total scoring chances, Lafreniere, uh, including high and mid danger. He's a 33% shooter last year on the Rangers. That's second on the team. So what are we, what are we saying? We're I'm watching the video and that's exactly where I go. You know, I've got my app set up and I'm looking at the data, but then it's all linked to the shot. So I'm watching this. I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm all in on Alexi Lafreniere. He finishes when he gets a great opportunity. And Lafreniere, to me, um, when I am giving him Stutzla's chances, last season is 25, 30 goals and 55, 60 points. You just said it. you know, And, and that's, to me, the exercise you have to go through when you're really trying to evaluate what opportunity we're going to give a young player that we, de- we believe deserves it. So that's where he is right now. He's a top six player all day. He just now has to, one game at a time, one period of time, keep keep winning his D-zone assignments, and he will score when he gets the chance. And now we're seeing him as a playmaker as well, so he's really starting to flourish. And I'll pivot quickly, because uh, all three members of the last year's 
playoff kid line uh, contributed last night and looked good doing so. Um, Capo Caco scored, you know, a, a real power forward type goal, taking advantage of, of you know, the man-to-man that Minnesota likes to play in their own end. And he took their by far their best defensive forward, a guy who's should be a Selkie Trophy nominee every year in UL Erickson Eck. He just took him for a ride around and around the net until he powered to the net and scored a goal that maybe Flurry was a little was a little unprepared for. Um but that's the kind of play that you that we started to see from from Kako the below the goal line using his body is he someone that you see is you know the arrow is is pointing up and it's been pointing up for him as we said another high pick like Lafreniere but the injuries last year seemed to really derail him, and, and we wondered the, the game six scratch against Tampa. That's the last thing that happens before he leaves, and it's a contract year. Um, early, obviously, and he's getting a chance on the top line. Do you see some things that you like with him, too? Absolutely. Um, body language, build. He's got another step. He looks like he's ready for the same opportunity that Lafreniere is ready for, and it, it couldn't happen at a better time for the team. Uh, being that these players are cost-controlled and they can be impact guys in the top six, Arthur. Uh, this might not be the last seven-goal outburst we see from the Rangers that we saw last night. We, we're going to get a few of those because they've got so many weapons up front with these two guys coming in and playing big roles. And oftentimes, uh, when I'm talking to kids, too, it, it's it's funny. I, I notice it with my son's baseball team. If uh, they're up against a really strong pitcher, uh, my son gets up and he gets a hit, and then all of a sudden everybody starts to hit. And it's almost like sometimes in team sports, you need to see somebody else do it before you believe it can be done. And um, Kako, in a game last night against Minnesota, he sees Matt Boldy, guy that was drafted 12th overall in his draft, score twice. And don't you think that Kako, because I'd, I'd do this, I'd be on the fence <laughs> saying, oh yeah, you got two? I'm going <laughs> to get one, right? Lafreniere, you're playing up there and you're setting dimes up on the back door. I'm going to do it. And, and um, the Roger Bannister effect is what it is. I, I believe it was 19 early 1950s where uh, people did not believe that the 13, uh, the four minute mile could get broken. And he did it in three minutes and 50 something seconds. And then 46 days later, somebody else broke the record. And then 13 people over the next eight months did it. And it it's, it, it's funny that way, right? Because yeah. you have to believe it's possible. And I think that's where Kako is right now. I think he's looking around and he's saying, it's time for me to get mine. It's time. And uh, he's, sometimes that's the way it is in, as an athlete. You have to give yourself permission to believe it's possible for you now. And I, I really feel like I see that glow in him. So, yeah, no, I'm enthused uh, to see what he does next. And we'll we'll finish our tour on the, the Rangers youth group with, uh, with Zach Jones, who I thought had a really good first night. You know, it seems that he and Braden Schneider are both, you know, they're not going to see a lot of them. You know, I was a little bit surprised on opening night that we didn't see any of Braden Schneider penalty killing unless there was another penalty killing D in the box. Um, Similar similar situation, you know, and it seems like even though we, we, we talk about Braden Schneider as a future, you know, the baby Truba, he's a guy who's going to be a mainstay here for a long time. He's still very young, still only just turned 21, so... Uh, you know, the coaching staff is definitely sheltering him along as much as they can. And I think last night that pair got caught on the ice a couple of times. And clearly Minnesota was trying to exploit that matchup by putting the Kaprizov line out against them. They got some chances. But overall, Zach Jones, where we've been talking to him 
you know, us, the reporters that have been around, he, since he came in for the prospect camp, you know, he feels like he's been uh, at the training center for about six months. It's been about maybe six weeks. Um, he seems to be a guy that's determined to show that he can handle this role. And when you see him out there on opening night, trying to put a body on Pat Maroon, which may be the, the most <laughs> lopsided physical matchup of D and forward in the league, um, and holding his own, you know, th- this seems like a kid who who understands the opportunity that's there and, and is trying to take advantage of it. It just, once again, it's just time, right? I think that uh, there has been time so far that he and Schneider have been overwhelmed. And it's 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 very difficult because I think that, I don't know if, if everyone knows how well Miller and Truba have been so mm-hmm. far. Um, they've been uh, outstanding. Um, just all-star form in two games so there's a massive drop-off between those two guys and the amount of chances that jones and schneider are on for so you 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 know you kind of temper your expectations a little bit and just know that um as long as they're sheltered the right way and as long as um, zone starts and quality of competition are calculated from the coaching staff's perspective ease these guys into it you know um zach jones is going to be a player i I don't i don't think that he's not going to become a player it's just uh the apprenticeship and not all young players want to do it it's it's back to the conversation about dominate this level and then take another step up you know dominate this level has he dominated the american league yet not yet right but hasn't really been there long enough to would this be another year where he would be there if the salary cap isn't what it is those are all factors in the in the way that you construct a hockey club now. You need cost control on the younger guys, and they have to be an impact in your lineup to win. So um, that's why young goalies are pushed into the NHL too soon, and that's why defensemen are in the NHL too soon. It's the same thing. Um, I just think that he's gonna he's gonna have to be um, cared for the right way so that, uh, he has the runway because as Dave Maloney oftentimes says, it's 200 NHL games. And then you know what somebody is. And he's, he's, he's in that apprenticeship stage right now. You know, he's he's just working through it and, you know, it's going to be a game by game and, um, watch it closely type of thing. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So we've got uh, Winnipeg tonight. Um, Igor Shesterkin gets a breather. Yara Halak makes his Ranger debut up in Winnipeg. Um, you know, the the way that the Rangers played on opening night, and again, it's opening night for everybody. So these first games are not necessarily how you're going to see. I don't, I don't think we're going to see the Tampa Bay Lightning play a lot of games this year that look like that, where they 
get 10 and a half minutes of power play time and have the lineup that they've had for the, you know, subtract a few key guys, but still a lot of the, the main, uh, the main players on that team uh, and generate, I think it was 47 total shot attempts. Uh, It seems like they had an off night. The Rangers had a very good night. Um, But we've also talked a lot uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I've certainly written about it a lot about the way the Rangers played team defense at the second half of last season, where they dropped their high danger chances against by, I think it was over a half per game per 60 to one of the top seven or eight teams in the league for, for after Christmas through the end of the season. Um, when they start off a season playing that kind of controlled game and they didn't produce a ton five on five, the Rangers, but they didn't need to. And, you know, so we saw kind of two sides of the coin of the Rangers that saw Igor save the day and the Rangers get a lot of high danger chances and capitalize. And then we saw them maybe not play such a wide open game, but still also capitalize power play shorthanded with Mika's advantage at which style do you think they want to play? Cause we always say most coaches want fewer chances and less back and forth, but which, which style is the most sustainable? Which style fits this team the best? Do you feel like? I think that this team doesn't need uh, 10 high danger chances offensively to score three goals. Yeah, uh, they don't. They're a, they're a very strong uh, finishing team. The key for the Rangers, and this is everybody really, um, the only clear indicator of predictive value in, in the analytics that we do as a company at ClearSight is high danger chances. That that always dictates who's going to win and lose. And goalies in the NHL are, are again, they're going to give one of those goals up every three. And right now, the Rangers offensively, um, they have an outburst last night against Minnesota, and they're very successful on the East-West play right now. They've had eight of them. They've scored five goals. But they're not going to keep up a 62% shooting percentage over the course of a year on mm. that type of opportunity. I think the more value would be in knowing how to defend that opportunity. Because here's one thing that we cannot hide from. The low east to west pass below the hash marks accounts for three times more goals in the NHL than any other chance type. Whether we're talking about the chance itself, the rebound that comes off that chance, or a broken play with the intent of that chance. So the low east to west, you saw Minnesota doing the same thing. The teams that can defend against that better are going to have a built-up trust with their goaltender that he now can have a better safe percentage on the clear view shots because he can trust that his defensemen have the backside covered. And when you watch the Rangers defend with that purpose, I know that Tampa wasn't their best Tuesday night, but I can say that every sequence that was coming to the net was a clean read for Igor. His technical game looks rock solid right now. His elevation and his butterfly, he looks like he's hanging over the puck to me. And when you pause certain clips and you want to see where everybody's positioned, everybody has a job when the shot is coming off the opponent's stick. And if I'm pausing a sequence at net and I see Lafreniere has his stick on the ice in the right passing lane and Lindgren's underneath the stick of somebody in front, at the same time, Fox is checking his backside to make sure the pass isn't coming across the ice. And then Igor has big high posture in his stance. Tampa has only four high danger chances in that game too, for a reason. There wasn't a lot of open looks given 
Yeah, right. And so I know that, you know, it's dangerous to get too excited early on in a season, but the details are in place and it's such a personal responsibility per player to have a team outcome that's favorable for your goalie to be in there and be able to play his game. And of course, I'm excited about the way they're defending because I know that last night will be more like a one-off, Arthur, because it's Minnesota and they're going to east-west, east-west. It won't be like that against Winnipeg tonight. I think the Rangers will lock it back down. And then, by the way, they locked it down in the third period. They did. They completely shut down Minnesota in the third period. So uh, there was five high uh, high dangers, uh, chances for Minnesota in the second period. That's where it started to shift the momentum. But at the end of the day, I think it really comes down to how well they defend in front of Igor and give give uh, him the opportunity to be the best player on the ice every night. And, of course, the other noteworthy thing about opening night was the rousing ovation for your broadcast partner, uh, that Lundquist guy. Um, <laughs> now, do you guys have to do that in the studio with him just to make him feel a little bit get him get him get him going or is it uh is he, Mike's is always he... in a good mood he's always in a good mood <laughs> yeah he was no it was funny it was, he came in really uh jubilant last night really excited we were all pumped up like we have a good time i mean if uh if there were cameras on us in the green room i mean we are laughing and you know we're just it's just so entertaining it's um it, it's it's close as we can probably get to playing and being a part of it while still enjoying uh, the fan experience like everybody else at home. We're just having a ball. Well, that's good. It definitely comes through. Um, Steve Aliquette, Clearside Hockey, MSG Network, former Ranger goalie. Insights are incredible as always. We'd love to have you, and we're going to have you back again real soon. Thanks for being here. Hey, my pleasure, buddy. Uh, anytime. And thanks to everybody out there for listening to The Garden Faithful. If you're enjoying the show so far, please follow us on your favorite podcast platform and leave a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us grow the show. You can subscribe to The Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts to get all the bonus content from our entire network. Start with a 30-day free trial, then it's just 99 cents a month after that. And right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for $1 a month for six months when you visit theathletic.com slash TGF. That's Steve Aliquette, Chris Flannery running the board. I'm Arthur Staple. We'll catch you again next week.